fairly okay. Yeah, okay.
good morning, Disciples House. Good Welcome morning. to a new and happy year. Please be seated. Um, we'll get started with the announcements. Well, I hope everyone had a good, uh, good New Year's Eve, and uh, glad to see everybody here. Oh yeah, the, the, the fireworks were definitely stressing uh. the puppies last night. They were not happy. They were like, we're being invaded. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, January 7th, we're going to have prayer for the nation at 8 a.m. That's the first first Saturday of, of January. So that's when we'll have our prayer for the nation at 8 a.m. So, Amen. And, of course, as you know, the, the nation desperately needs prayer. So please come and be a part of that. Uh, although if you can't make it, that's okay. You can pray at home. Um, and then uh, January 17th through the 20th is Contending Faith Bible Conference uh, down in Pensacola. And uh, Robbie and I will be going to that. If you uh, want to attend, you, you can go to rgm.me uh, and get information on that. Um, it's open to everyone. So uh, it's, it is a faith and Bible conference, so it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing, and uh, everyone would enjoy. All right, and it's on the beach at Pensacola, so it's pretty nice. Uh, it's one of the... In January. In January, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not super hot, but... We've had we've had some years where it was freezing on the beach and some years where it was nice and sunny. So you never know. All right. Um, so and then our foundations class is going to start February first at seven p.m. That is a Wednesday evening. So uh, is that going to be in place of our? You want me to read that? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so Foundations class is taking over our Wednesday night service. Oh. oh I didn't read the title. Okay, my bad. I skipped the title. <laughs> uh, in this class, we will be looking at basic Christian language, uh, different uh, translations, and how to study your Bible, uh, different study tools, how, to, how the scriptures come together, and much more. These classes will be at our normal service times of 7 p.m., and each class will be about an hour and a half in length. All you'll need is your Bible, notebook, and pen, and we'll hold this class in the Foundations classroom um, each week. And the, the classes will not be recorded or live-streamed, and will last about six weeks. And then we'll go back to our normal services. Uh, the only way to take part in these classes will be to come and take part in them personally. So, praise God, that's what we're doing. Right? I know. <laughs> I didn't have time to read the whole thing before service. <laughs> All right, anyways, uh, February 4th is going to be prayer for the nation again at 8 a.m., first Saturday of the month. And then uh, February 12th, we're going to have a fellowship, a soup and chili fellowship right after service. Uh, is that a Sunday? It doesn't say. <laughs> after service, but not whether it's Sunday or, or Wednesday. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Oh my gosh. This is an interesting way to start the new year. All right, let's go on. <laughs> so March 10th, uh, youth camp deposits are due. And uh, so please uh, be, uh, be mindful of that and get your deposits in if you're wanting to come. Uh, and be in prayer about whether you want to come or not. All right, and then so, uh, and then of course we're going to have our no normal services other than the foundations class, uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Sunday evening at 6, and then Wednesdays at 7 until we start our foundations class. 
Right, exactly. All right, so our meditation for this week is second, or in him is 2 Corinthians 5.17 out of the King James. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Yes. Great place to be Amen. for New Year's Day. Amen. Agreed. You know, we can let, our, let the old things be passed away, and we can, we can start off the new year as a new creature. And thank God that we can do that. And that, that he gives us grace to, to move forward and to, and to overcome the things of our past. So, confession, I am in Christ. I am in Christ. Therefore, I am a new creation. Therefore, I am a new creation. In him. In him. My old sinful ways are passed away. Sinful ways are passed away. I have been made, or I have been made brand new. I have been made brand new. Amen. All right, and I'm committing myself to that this year. All right, so healing scripture for this, this week is Deuteronomy 23.5 out of the easy translation. Uh, it says, but the Lord our God refused to listen to Balaam. He refused to curse you. Instead, he blessed you. The Lord your God did, did that because he loves you. Glory. Praise God. All right, well, our confession, the Lord could have cursed me. Lord could have cursed me. Yet instead, he blesses me. Instead, he blesses me. He chooses to bless me because he loves me. He chooses to bless me because he loves me. Praise God. I'm glad he does. All right. Well, Lord, let's pray. Lord, we come before you today uh, ready to, to hear your word for this new year ready to learn from you and to grow from you and, and to start off this new year on the right foot with, our, with ourselves sanctified by your word and prayer, sanctified by your communion, sanctified because you, because of your son and the gift he gave us. Because we couldn't do it without him. But we will purpose in our hearts to do this year better than the year before and better than the year before that and the year before that. We will set ourselves on the right track. We will follow you. We will keep our eyes on you. We will meditate in you. Lord, we just love you and we want to be like you. We want to be closer to you. We want to be, we want to do, we want to make you happy, Lord, because you love, love us and we love you and we want you to be proud of us and to, and to see us grow into who you created us to be. We thank you, Lord, for leading and guiding us, guiding our very footsteps and helping us to see what we need to see and be where we need to be and know the words that we need to speak at the time we need to speak them. And Lord, help us to keep our mouths shut when we should keep them shut and to let things go when the devil's tempting us because we will stand against him in Jesus' name. Devil, we stand against you and we, will, we are forearmed and forewarned and we will stop you in our lives and in the lives of those that we come in contact with. You are be under our feet. You are a defeated foe. Our Lord and Savior has put you there. We will keep you there in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day. Amen. Morning, disciples. Let's open up and do our new confession together. Okay. All right. Nope, it's new. It's all new. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it memorized, though. So, yeah. All right. 
I am the image of God. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am flesh and spirit. I am a new creation, a new creature. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created for and ordained for good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen. I am holy without blame. I am predestined and adopted. I am more than a conqueror. I abide in Christ. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am crucified. I am dead to the flesh. But I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. We do. <laughs> oh, I'm back on.
ignored you. So busy doing your work that we forgot that it was for you. Arms wide to our homeless Savior, but arms crossed to our homeless neighbor. On bended knee, unite us all. Let us sing. With the one blood spilling in the night, I point it to the sky. Hands open, open wide, open wide. With the one blood spilling in the night, I point it to the sky. Hands open, open wide, open wide. With the our prayer to you. Forgive us for not believing. Forgive us for not realizing and not living as if you were bigger and bigger and better. For this new year, we come to you with a new faith. We put aside our limitations on you, Lord. We take you out of a box and we lift you high with our arms wide open and raised high to you, Father God.
Father God, for loving us. Thank you for all that you are. I know the power of your cross. Forgiven and free, forever you'll be, my God. All that you've done is so
Father, as your river flows, it begins to bring life in an all-new and just a, a new way, Father God. Father, we give you honor and glory and praise, and we thank you for the flow of your spirit this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Uh, Pastor Mike announced. Uh, the foundations class, uh, we're going to start it in February, and uh, it was a it was a struggle to to come up with when to do it uh, because honest and honestly, I was ready to cancel it. I'll just be honest, I was ready to cancel it, uh, but God wouldn't let me. And the reason I was ready to cancel it is because schedules are so busy. And schedules are so, uh, you know, just overran. And I, and I just didn't want to put more pressure on the people to, to be in the house of God more than we already are. Uh, and uh, I said, well, Lord, I can just uh, 
do the curriculum and and I mean I'm going to type it all up anyways and and what have you guys I just give them the printout and then they can study it on their own and the Lord said no <laughs> so uh, we so so uh, the compromise was we would do it on our Wednesday night was that we would do it on our Wednesday night um, can't do it on Sunday in the evening because well that's healing school and that's ordered and directed by God um, and and we can't up and change that uh, Sunday mornings well that's when the family of God comes together Amen. Uh, Saturday mornings well that's when the praise team practices well then you got Monday night part of your work on Monday night <laughs> Tuesday night you know people are out and then you got another day in the church um, so I encourage you we didn't add anything to your schedule at all all we did is we adjusted from Wednesday night teaching, because uh, Wednesday night is primarily teaching. In fact, the confession that we did today came out of a Wednesday night teaching, directly out of a Wednesday night teaching. Because uh, so, we talk a lot about who you are and meditating on the word and overcoming uh, the, the challenges of life. It's very basic teaching on Wednesday nights. Um, so I really didn't want to take that teaching away, but this time, this way we're going to do it. Now, I believe we'll have more classes in the future, and, and when that begins to roll, then we're going to add another time. But um, for right now, that's when we're going to do that. So I encourage you to just go ahead and put reminders on your phone for Wednesday mornings that you've got service Wednesday night, and then set an alarm that says, get ready for service that'll go off so you'll be able to get ready and come into the house. Uh, believe it or not, that's what we, the pastors, have to do, is we have to set alarms. Because we'll forget it's a Wednesday just as easily as you will. Yeah. Um, I don't know about just as easily, but we do occasionally but, forget what day But we day do, is. you know. I, frequently, <laughs> it's, you know, frequently the comment is made in our house, hello, it's Wednesday, and, we, and, and inevitably one of us goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So just, I just want to encourage you, go ahead and make plans. Um, and and here's, the, here's what you need to understand about the foundations class, is it is not a prepackaged class. It is not a prepackaged thing. I did not go find a curriculum and said, oh, I think this is a good teaching on the basics of Christ. No, I'm doing all the legwork for you. I'm doing all of the legwork for you. I'm pulling all of the definitions. I'm pulling the Bible history. I'm pulling together... Um, all of the study tools and how to and 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 uh, and how to use them and and I'm pulling together um, all of the information that we're going to cover. I'm doing hundreds of hours of work to get ready for you guys for about 12 hour class for about a 12 hour class. Uh, so so it's not a prepackaged deal. Um, it's it's and and honestly, it's not something I wanted to do. Um, but the Lord said, your people need to know the basics. Your people need to know the basics. They need to know how to use their study tools. They need to understand the different translations, how they came to be, what to the types of different translations there are, um, and, and how to protect themselves in this day and this hour by being able to see what's right and what's wrong in the Word. Um, because there's a lot of false doctrine out there, and it's only going to grow. Uh, in case you are unaware, the stage is being set for um, 
See, when the church gets called out of here, a lot of people don't understand what's going to happen. A lot of people don't understand what's going to happen. Uh, and I don't know it all, and I don't know it specifically, but I do know what the word says. Turn to us um, real quick. Let's go to... Um, Second Corinthians 15. We did a big study on Second Corinthians, uh, but we didn't get to. I'm sorry. First Corinthians. Okay. I was right the first time. First Corinthians 15. Is it 15? I want. Well, if it's in first, if it's First Corinthians, yes. Yes, First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Uh, well, Lord, you kept saying it, and I just kept saying, eh, we'll get there. I don't know why that applies, but okay. All right, so we did our big study on Chapter 13. 12, 13, and 14, and it talked about what was supposed to happen in the church, what is supposed to be taking place in the church. Um, and the church at, Corwent, Cor at Corinth. Corinth actually had the gifts of the Spirit flowing and operating in excess, um, and they were out of line and out of rule with how they were doing certain things, and Paul was bringing order to them. Now, this was the early church, and this is how the church has been supposed to operate from the beginning. But man has gotten in the way, and man has um, come up with their own ideas and their own opinions um, and has said, well, tongues is done away, or, uh, you know, that died with the, apostles, with, the, with the original 12 apostles, or it died out with the other apostles, because we can prove that it didn't die out with just the 12. Uh, we can, you know, and then we can prove that, uh, that tongues was all in and through the New Testament. Uh, and then they'll say, well, it's only for the ministers, and then we can use the word and we can prove that, no, it's not just for the ministers. Um, then, you know, they've gone over and they've said, well, the gift of discerning, it's just that it's, I have the ability to discern a situation. No, that's you have a brain in your head. Uh, it's the discerning of spirits, which means that that's, that's when the Holy Ghost, um, through the authority of God, pulls back the veil between the natural and the supernatural and lets you see something in the spirit. You may see angels. You may see demons. You may see the throne room of God. Uh, you may you may have a knowledge of something in operation, uh, but that's that's discerning things in the spirit, and you can only do it as the Holy Ghost allows you to do it. Uh, the Holy Ghost, you can have the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. Uh, I've been accused many many times, and and uh, uh, when we did, especially when we did youth, we still have it today, but not as prevalently. But the youth would always say, "Well, Miss Robbie just knows." Well, no, I don't just know. I go to the Father and I say, okay, God, what's going on with them? And guess what? He always answered. 
No, the Holy Spirit's not a tattletale. The Holy Spirit is showing you that he's real and that he knows the answers. He's not a tattletale. He's trying to help you. Here's the deal. The devil wants everything hid. Let me help you. The devil wants everything hid. He wants it hid because if he can get you to hide it, he can use it to destroy you from the inside out. He can get you over into condemnation. He can get you over into guilt. He can get you over into insecurity. He can get you over into thinking that you're a nobody. He can get you over into thinking that you're nothing but a mistake and a failure. He can get you over into thinking that you're better off dead than alive. Well, let me tell you something. That's a lie. Amen. That's a lie. That's a lie. You have a job to do here on the earth. And that job is to reach people so that they don't go to hell. Your job on the earth is to have relationship with God. To have a relationship with him. That's why you were created. You were created for the purpose of fellowship. You were not created for the purpose of hiding who you truly are. That's not who you, that's not why. That is why, I love it, she's already taken the highlighter to it. That's why we have a new confession. That's why we have this confession. Every single one of these is based off of scripture. There's nothing in here, and somebody's going to have a fit because it says, I'm an overcomer, I am greater. Well, everybody agrees with the I'm an overcomer, but very few ever focus on the I am greater. Notice that scripture says, I am, the scripture says I am more than a conqueror because the greater one lives in me. Well, if you're one with the greater one, does that not by default make you greater? Absolutely, it makes you greater. Now, does that make you better than somebody else? No. No, but it does make you a greater, praise God. And how much, you know, when you're a greater, you're full of wisdom. You know, we love the great-grandparents because they're just full of wisdom. They got some experience. To be a greater means you've got better wisdom, better knowledge, better victory. Every one of these. <clears throat> comes right out of the scriptures. In fact, the very first one comes out of the first book of Genesis. The first two come right out of the first book of Genesis, or the first book of the Bible, out of the first chapter of Genesis. I'm in the image of God, and I am very good. How much you know? God did not, listen to me, young lady, God did not, did not, did not, did not make a mistake when he made you. Yes, you make mistakes, but that does not make you a mistake. Yes, you slip, you fall, you trip. Guess what? So do I. What matters is we get up and we go again. That's what makes the difference. That's what makes the difference is we get up and we do it again. And we do it again. Jesus came preaching repent. Do you know what repent means? Repent means go the other direction. And he told every person on the planet, every person he came in contact with, and he's still telling them today, change your direction. Change your direction. Well, it's January 1st, and the very biggest thing that we all like to try to do on January 1st is by our own might and power, we make decisions that we're going to change 
the direction of our life. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to exercise more. We're going to eat better. We're going to, uh, we're going to quit our bad habits, smoking, drinking, cussing, watching too much TV, playing too many video games. I don't care what it is. Everybody's got a bad habit, too addicted to sports. I don't care. So there's something that you're like, well, I need, to ch- I need to be more present. I saw somebody, dear friend of mine, and I love it, and I know what she means by it, and I don't mean anything ugly about it. But it, I, found it, I found it comical that she said, or not comical, I shouldn't say it that way. I found it interesting that she said in 2022, her focus was to get in better health. And she, man, she knocked it out of the park, but she did it with God's help. She did it with God's help. And then she said, my goal in 2023 is to be more present. How much do you know? A lot of times we're not present in our situation We're just going through the motions. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. We're not actually partaking in life. And uh, so she said, my goal is to be more present. Well, I got news for you. And as much as I love her, she's going to fail unless she does it with God. Unless she does it with God. And and, uh, I said Wednesday night, I, uh, I think it was Wednesday night, I gave you guys a little sneak hint. I said this sermon uh, was given. Now, rarely, in fact, I... 90, I'd say at least 98% of the time, and I'm being very generous in my margin, I don't know what, I'm pre- what we're going to preach until late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I might have a, a general idea of the direction, but exactly what scriptures are going to go together and how it's going to you know, kind of work, I don't know. And then, the, and then late at night, the Lord will give me the, the, give me the scriptures, and then uh, we get up here and we preach, and I, it's, it's as much a mystery to me how it comes together as it is to you, just to be honest. It's just a mystery. Uh, but this time, about three, to, about three weeks ago, was it about three weeks ago? It was about three weeks or ago or point. more. It was well before Christmas. I looked at Michael and I said, well, I have zero idea what we're preaching for Christmas. But I know exactly what we're going to preach for the new year. And he said, wow, that's different. I said, yeah, I know, right? So what, uh, what we're going to preach this morning is um, the only way to make lasting change. The only way to make lasting change. This is what the Lord said. The Lord said, my people, not just in this house, but in general, he said, my people are focused in planning their New Year's resolutions, their changes. And he said, and they're all going to fail. That's what he said. He said, they're all going to fail. He said, the only way to make permanent change is through the Spirit. The only way to make permanent change is through the Spirit. Now, I took you to 1 Corinthians. I didn't know we were going there because I wasn't sure how it applied. But um, 1 Corinthians 14, remember, and if you weren't here, I'll give you a quick summary. We spent 12 weeks talking about what, it, what God's plan is for the church. How, as pastors, we're supposed to help mature you into the things of God and that you're supposed to actually operate in the nine... Um, gifts of the spirit in your personal life starting and then eventually it's to begin to manifest in the church 
In other words, Pastor Mike and I are not the only ones that are supposed to speak in tongues and give an interpretation. We're not the only ones that should be giving prophecies. We're not the only ones that should be giving a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or to the discerning of spirits. Uh, we're not the only ones that are supposed to be able to operate by uh, the gift of faith or divine faith and have the miracle, have signs, wonderful, signs, wonders, and miracles occurring, and um, divine healings taking place at our hands. That can all happen and occur by your hands. In fact, as I'm saying this, the Lord reminds me that Brooke, when she started with the church, she had a bone spur in her foot. And uh, the guest ministers, uh, the Keatons came in and prayed over, and it healed, but a few weeks later, it flared back up again, and uh, the Lord had Brother Maury lay hands on her foot and command that thing to go and to never return. And to my knowledge, it's not returned. In fact, she's saying, yeah, it's not back there. It's not there. It's not returned. How much you know? God didn't have to use the pastor and I to, to have that happen. In fact, he said, get out of the way. Let Maury do it. Amen. That's the way the church is supposed God. to do it. And now look down here in... Um, 14 or 15. Verse four, chapter 14. I want you to look at this in verse 37 because it was giving us all the rules about how this is stuff is supposed to operate. And in verse 37, he said, If any man uh, think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of God. In other words, he said, if you think you've got a spiritual bone in your body, then you need to acknowledge that what I've just taught you is, the, is not only uh, written by the Spirit, but it's the commandment of God. It's a directive of God. And uh, which, that, uh, that says a lot in and of itself. But then he goes on and he writes, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Now, we know that that word ignorant means to be uneducated or uninformed. But in our deep study of this, we found out that when it said, let any man, it, but, but if he doesn't want to acknowledge these things, if he wants to just remain uninformed on these things, then let him remain uninformed. But that second ignorant means and ignore him and pay no attention to him. It's two different ignorant words, or it's two different, there's two different meanings, and that second meaning applies to the second word, which means let them be ignored. Let them be ignored. So if we're talking about things of the Spirit, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about praying in tongues today. Well, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about spiritual things. And, and here's the deal. If you go, tongues, whatever, well, guess what? The Bible says, if you be ignorant, let you be ignorant. <laughs> if you want to be uneducated, well, go ahead and be uneducated, and we just won't pay no attention to you. <laughs> Seems a little harsh to me, but I didn't say it. The Holy Spirit did. I didn't say it. The Holy Spirit said. In the message, she just said it, and it reminded me, in the message, when you read this, when you read these two verses, it says, it says in there, in the message that, uh, this is this is what this is the way God wants things done, and if you won't do it His way, then God can't use you. Sorry, that's the way he, that's the way the message says it. <laughs> Sorry, but God can't use you. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to say it this way: 
If you won't hear the message today, God can't bring change to your life. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Just just the way the Lord wins. Now let's go to let's go to let's go back let's back up in chapter fourteen and go to verse one. Let's back up. And let's see a little bit of what God's commandment is. Let's see a little bit here. All right. Verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Okay. So commandment number one, follow after love. Follow after love. That's what that word charity means. Means, you know, believe the best, treat people well, be very patient with people, be kind to them. You want to know what that looks like? Read chapter 13. So that's one commandment. Follow after love. In other words, try to love people everywhere you go. And desire spiritual gifts. Now that word gifts is italicized, so we can leave that out. Desire spiritual. It's a commandment of God to desire spiritual. Well, I just don't know about those commandments. Oh, really? Okay. Well, we know most people don't really give a whole lot of care about, and I'm not talking about church people. Church people are very sensitive to this one. But I'm talking about out there in the world. Most people don't really care a whole lot about using God's name in vain. True. Most people don't even care a whole lot about the white lies. But boy, just lie to their face and let, just do a bold face lie to them and let them catch you and find out how quickly they care. Find out how quickly they care, especially if their lie costs you money. Right? Uh, now, a lot of people out in the world, uh, at least in the older generations, uh, honor mom and dad. They still care about that one. Younger generation, it's a challenge because the relationship between parent and child is so under attack. Uh, but how much do you know that most people still have a problem with thou shall not steal? Even the, even the people that don't believe in God will say, well, that commandment we still follow. How much do you know? People that don't even believe in God still largely, unless you're confused, largely follow the rule of don't covet another man's or another woman's spouse. In other words, uh, excuse me, I have a ring, uh, no touchy, no touchy. Most people still have a problem with that one. Uh, how much do you know? Most people... I'd say in the 90 percentile somewhere, uh, most people still believe in the commandment of thou shall not kill. See, see, so you can throw out a few commandments, but you're not going to throw out all of the commandments. Well, guess what? God's still laying commandments down today, and the commandment here was walk in love for those that believe in God. We're to walk in love, and we are to desire spiritual things. We are to desire the things of the Spirit. Now, does he say, and, oh, by the way, you can desire some fleshy things? Nope. The commandment is put your desire, your want, the things that you want, put them on things of the Spirit. Now, I want to say this. Many people in their mind will separate spirit and natural and there's a large dividing wall between the two, and they think they don't come in contact one with the other. It's completely false. Completely false. Because, and I'm going to tell you this very clearly, what occurs in, things occur in the spirit 
before they manifest in the natural. So if you will take care of your spirit life before you focus on the natural life, your natural life will go much, much better. Much better. Many people don't realize that what we do, and, and now this is going to sound like I'm saying it opposite, but if you'll just listen, you'll follow it. Many people don't understand that what we are experiencing today is effect, it is the fallout or the effects of what we said or did in the natural weeks, months, and years ago. And, and, and you know, you said, well, I have no money. It's like I got holes in my pocket, and as soon as the money comes in, the money goes out. The seed you sow. You sowed that seed in the natural, but the spirit ground is where it grew. And now it's bringing the natural harvest. So, yes, you planted. You said, some, yes, you did something in the natural, but you actually planted in the spirit, and now, the, and now it's grown and created a harvest in the spirit, and now that harvest is manifesting in the natural. So what we say, what we do, how we respond in, in, in the natural immediately goes up into the spirit, produces in the spirit, comes across, and drops a harvest over here. So everything takes place in the spirit realm before it comes into the natural realm. The reason that the nation is in the upheaval and the turmoil that it's in is because back here in the natural, the church in the 40s, started in the 40s, got really bad in the 60s and the 70s, and has just started to kind of recover in the 80s, and then boom, it's back down in the ground again. Why? Because there were seeds planted back here of the church not standing her ground. You know, parents started not making their children go to church. Parents started uh, saying, well, you know, started letting their children uh, be influenced by outside religions and philosophies. Parents started... Um, you know, letting the schools take hold, what were they doing? They weren't keeping spiritual watch and spiritual guard. Spiritual watch and spiritual guard. See, when parents, when parents say things like, well, I want my children to, to make their own decision about God without any influence, okay? Well, you know, there, there is influence. It, yeah. It's just not coming from you anymore. Right. Right. You know, and if 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 Coming you allow the them to make their make their own decisions, well, okay. What about what gender they are? I mean, you you have to teach them, otherwise they don't know, and then they're going to yeah. get the influence from the outside, which is messed Satan's up. influence. Messed up, messed up. So so the church dropped the ball in the natural. It took effect in the spiritual, and now we're getting the spiritual evident, and now we're. Now we're in the manifestation of it in the natural. So how do we change this thing? Desire spiritual. The ball was dropped because the American because America got more focused on the natural than they were on the supernatural. This nation was founded on Christ. Amen. I don't care what the Discovery Channel tells you. I don't care what, what the, the History, History Channel, Channel tells you. you. I don't care what Facebook, Boohoo, Baba, and Sue and Sumi Sue tell you. This is a Christian 
nation founded on God. They're going to try to tell you, oh, this nation was created out of a bunch of rebels. No, we were, this nation was created out of a people that had a heart and hunger for God. They were a new creature living in a foreign land, and they were looking for a land to call their own. That's what they were. And, and, our, and, and uh, we, our men and our women uh, fought and gave their lives for our Christian freedoms. And they're still doing it today. Let me tell you something. If you see somebody that has a veteran's hat on or a veteran's jacket on, or you can tell by something that they're wearing that they have served their military, that they have served our American military, you better tell them thank you. You better tell them thank you. I'm telling you what. My husband served in the military. Brother Richard served in the military. Uh, uh, my grandfather was a colonel in the U.S. Air Force. He started out in the Army Air Corps when the Army and the Air Force were together. Ended up over there in a colonel in the Air Force once they split. And he set up the MASH units. He was a key person in setting up the military MASH units. You know what the MASH units are? Those are the portable hospitals. You know when a hurricane tornado or something comes in, to, comes in and destroys and devastates and then they bring in these mobile hospitals? Guess what? My grandfather was on the forefront of creating those things. And he did it because he saw our men on the tarmacs in Vietnam dying with no medical care. He did it because he had the heart of Jesus. He did it because he had the heart of Jesus. My other grandfather was a Marine sniper in Vietnam. Oh, he was a sniper. He was a murderer. No, he was a defender of justice. He was created by God to defend and to help protect his brothers in arms as they fought for our freedoms so that we didn't see that type of behavior on our land today. Why were they able to do this? Because they were people that focused on God. Their focus was on God. Their focus was not on the greatest clique at school or the great or the popular kids at work. Their focus wasn't on the greatest uh, football team or baseball team or the championship records. That's not what their focus was on. Their focus was on Jesus. And we got to get back to that. Now, it's, oh, Pastor, it's supposed to be New Year's. We're supposed to be getting lifted up. Don't worry, I'll get you there. But you've got to understand that what took place back there matters to today. And what you're doing today matters for your tomorrow. And you can sit there and say, young people can say, well, I don't want to have children. Well, guess what? You're going to have children. They may be not, maybe they're not going to be natural, but they're going to be spiritual. And if you go off and you serve the devil all the days of your life, you're going to have spiritual children that way too. Now, we don't think about that a whole lot, do we? I, I, I assure you, you want godly spiritual children, not demonic spiritual children. I guarantee it. But see, you're going to influence the generation below you, which is why we've got to change. This is why we've got, this is why Jesus came preaching, repent, change, repent, change, change your thinking, change your behavior. Think, now, let me ask you this. 
if you were incapable of change, listen to me, because this is a lie of the devil. The devil will tell you, oh, you always fail. You're a sinner and you always will be. You're a sinner, you're always going to be a sinner. You're an addict, you're always going to be an addict. You're a failure, you're always going to be a failure. You always make mistakes, you're always going to make mistakes. You can't get anything right. Now, if that's true, if there's an ounce of truth in those lies, then wouldn't Jesus be unjust to tell you to change? To Think repent. that through. If Jesus, if, if, if I'm going through life and I'm going, well, I can't, I can't do anything but help but make mistakes. I can't help but fail. I can't help but sin. I can't help but do this. And Jesus walks up to me and says, change. Don't you think he'd be unfair to tell me to change if I couldn't? Yeah, he wouldn't have been saying repent. He would have been saying, don't worry, be happy. I've got this. Yeah. I covered you with grace. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die for you. You can just stay exactly the way you are, and it'll be okay. How much you know? He didn't do that. No. He walked up to each and every one of us, and he said, change. Well, if he told us to change, and he'd be unjust to tell us to do so, if we couldn't, then how do we change? How do we? Well, number one, we learn to walk in love. Number two, we desire things of the Spirit. Number three, uh, he said desire, desire spiritual uh, gifts. That word gifts is italicized in the Bible. But rather that you may prophesy. He said, listen, he said desire that you prophesy. In other words, prof now prophecy, let's talk about what prophecy is. Prophecy is a sudden, it is when you speak by sudden inspiration of the Spirit. Guess what? This entire sermon is prophecy. I'm speaking by the sudden inspiration of the moment. What am I doing? I'm allowing the real me, not the mental me, the real me, the true me, the spirit me, the part of me that's able to bring change to speak out of my mouth. He said, this is what you need to do. He said, here's the desire. Desire that you live according to the spirit. A desire that you speak according to the Spirit, by the Spirit. Desire to operate by the Spirit. Now, then he begins to tell us how. Let's read on. All right. So, so desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. For he, God. for he that speaketh in what? Unknown tongue. An unknown tongue. Now that word unknown is italicized. That word tongue means language. Yep. We've talked about this before, that the unknown language is your heavenly language. Now, we in here all speak pretty much so Southern American. Southern American. Or Appalachian. Not just, or Appalachian. We don't speak just American, because how much do you know? If, you tra if you've traveled at all, we speak all kinds of American. Oh, yeah. How much do you know? You go to the shopping cart, you go, you go get, is it a cart or is it a buggy? It's a buggy and it's a cart. See, I can see Northern influence. It's a buggy, it's a cart. Let's talk about that carbonated drink. What is it? Is it soda or is it a Coke or a pop? It's not a pop. How about to... How about if you get a hamburger and do you get fries or chips? 
We get fries, but you go up into some areas and they'll just say chips. They want chips, especially up in the uh, up in the uh, coastal regions. They want fries and they want fish and chips, which is fish and fries. How much do you know? We speak. Is it tomato or tomato? Is it pecan or pecan? You know. <laughs> is it caramel or caramel? <laughs> See how much do you know? Even in America, we got different languages going on. Even in America, Even how much in do you know? County. <laughs> how much do you know? There's oh, thank you, honey, and then there's oh, sweetheart. How much do you know? That's two different southern sweetnesses. How much do you know? Well, guess what? God has his own language, too. He has his own language. And he gives each and every single person that comes into Christ, that receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost, their own heavenly language. You heard me tell it. I can't tell it enough about the penguins. You know, the penguins, the mama lays the egg, and then she goes out into the ocean to get food, and she's gone the whole time. The, the dad's holding that egg. And the dad's holding that egg and keeping that egg warm so that the babies will hatch. And then once the babies hatch, they only have just a short period of time. I think it's like 12 or 24 hours from the time they hatch to the time of their first meal or they'll die. But by the time that they're hatched, daddy doesn't have any food left. None. So it's critical that the moms get out, that they, can, uh, get, that they make the track out into the ocean, that they get all that they fill their crops as full as they can get them, and they make the track back in to the dads, which they're several miles inland, um, that they have to track back in. And these, uh, these penguins, these babies, now it's not the daddies that do the noise. It's the babies. The babies start crying. They start speaking their language. And here's the deal. In a, in a colony of penguins, there's thousands, if not millions, of babies. And those babies will start calling. And those mommies will know exactly by the sound of that, by the language that that baby is speaking, she'll know exactly which baby is hers. And she'll work her way through. She'll pass up hundreds of babies that are starving to get to her baby. Why? Because when that baby talks, mama knows it. Well, how much you know, Dad, uh, Father God's the same way. When you talk in your spiritual language, your heavenly language, it's like it, it's, it's as unique as your fingerprint. And, and immediately when you speak in this heavenly language, God goes, that's Mari. That's Brianna. That's Zach. That's Derek. Oh, that's Miss Ann. Oh, they're, they're talking to me immediately. Give you a more real world because, you know, y'all haven't been down to see the penguins. I haven't, but I will. Uh, uh, how much do you know? You're in a crowded um, store or you go to a concert or something. You go somewhere where, sporting, where there's a lot of people and you hear that one kid. There's hundreds of women present and you hear one little kid going, Mom, Mom, and one lady turns around. One. One. Only one turns around. Why? Because that's not her child's voice. But when you speak in your heavenly language, God turns around. 
And he says, huh. And it says, for he that speaketh, or she, that speaketh in an unknown tongue, or he that speak, or we could say, for he that speaketh in tongue, speaketh not unto man. When you speak in tongues, are you talking to man? No. No? Who are you talking to? God. God. And why are you not talking to men? For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That word mysteries means a spiritual thing that can be revealed. So when we pray in tongues, when we pray in our heavenly language, we are speaking spiritual things that the spirit can in time reveal to us what we're talking about. What we're talking about. So he said, he that speaketh, speaketh not unto man, but unto God, and we speak mysteries. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8. Because we're talking about how to create change in your life. Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. Amen and amen. All right. Well, I think about it. Uh, Mike and Judy are recovering. Uh, <clears throat> she had the flu. She went and got tested. She's no longer testing positive, but she got real run down and, and real weak. Mike ended up with the flu, so he's kind of on the tail end of it. Uh, you, you're, he's doing good. He's out and about. Um, <clears throat> we took him, uh, was it Thursday night? Friday night. Uh, I took him some uh, homemade chicken noodle soup and... And uh, they're, they're, so they're, they're on the mend. They're, they're on the mend. Uh, but Miss Judy went several days without being able to eat anything, so it's going to take her a little while to get built back up. Um, so just keep them in your prayers for continued recovery. Chapter 8, verse, let's go ahead and let's read. Uh, we'll start in verse 1 and just read a little bit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. How are you going to avoid condemnation? Walking after the spirit. Walking after the spirit. That sounds a whole lot like having your focus on uh, spiritual, right? Yes. Having your desires on spiritual. How do you avil- avoid guilt and shame and the devil being able to tear you to pieces? Walk in the spirit. Desire spiritual things. Walk in the spirit. Well, how do we walk in the spirit? Oh, we're going to learn. It's good. Keep going. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Notice this is a spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When you come into Christ Jesus, you obtain the spirit of life. What is the spirit of life? It's your spirit, your, your spirit, the real you, the eternal part of you. Listen to me. Every person has an eternal spirit. Amen. Every single person rather they believe in Jesus or not, has an eternal spirit. When they are born, their spirit is alive unto God. Their, their spirit is alive unto God. And they remain innocent and guiltless until they reach the age of accountability. Now, that age varies for every child. Some children reach the age of accountability very young. Others reach the age of accountability. I think some don't reach it until they're probably in their 20s. Or 30. Most people reach (laughs) the age of accountability in their teens. Then there are some people 
that because of illness in their body never reach the age of accountability because they don't have the mental ability to understand right from wrong. Okay. Uh, and for those, so if you have not reached that age of accountability, um, you're, you're in line with God. Okay. But once you reach that age of accountability and you begin to choose to do wrong when you know to do right, you begin to put a wall up between you and God. You begin to put a wall up. And, there, and, and your spirit begins to be separated from God. Pastor Mike, come down here for me. So, this is, this, let's say that we're one, let's, I'm smaller, so I'm going to say I'm, I'm the spirit on the inside. As he, as we walk through life together, unaccountable, everywhere he goes, I go. Everywhere he goes, I go. Now, I'm still in there. But as he begins, as he reaches the age of accountability and begins to start to go away, my spirit begins to get farther. And as he walks away from God, the, the inside part of him begins to get distanced from God. So eventually there's no contact. This is why you need to be born again so that your spirit can come back in contact with God. And see, he's still going. He's still going. So the only way for him to come back is for me to receive Christ, or really the only way for me to get back in fellowship with God, the eternal part of him to come back with God, is for him to make a decision to receive Christ. And start seeking after the Lord. And start seeking the Lord. In the Spirit. In the Spirit, right. But see, and it's, it's a spirit connection. See, you can't, you can't separate the natural from the Spirit because naturally... The spirit is inside. You can't separate. But from a spirit standpoint, you can get separated. And from a spirit standpoint, that's where people get so miserable because their flesh wants one thing and their spirit wants something else. The spirit cries out. That's why people will say, there's just an emptiness on the inside. Well, it's because you need God. Well, I received God. Well, have you walked with him? Are you fellowshipping with him? Are you spending time with him? Well, no. Well, why not? Well, because... Nobody likes God. Well, my spirit likes God, and I'd really like to like God. Can you forget what people care about? I would like to be in heaven, not in hell. Because when the spirit leaves the body, that body is just going to be flat. Back to dirt. Empty bag, so to speak. But this spirit, the eternal part of you, is going to move on. And it's either going to move to heaven because you're connected to God or it's going to go to hell because you, dis because you made the choice to disconnect. So if you are struggling with feeling disconnected and feeling wrong, it's because you are not acknowledging and spending time with the Spirit. You are ignoring the eternal part of you, the real part of you, and that part of you is crying out and saying, please just put me back in fellowship with God. Please put me. So you can, and you this can... is the spirit of life. The spirit, when you receive Jesus, that life whoosh, floods your spirit. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that feels so much better. So you can spend your life, your physical life, Building up your flesh, yes. making it strong. A lot of people do. Yes. And it, it, it's a good thing to ha be strong. But 
But you, if you spend all of your time doing that and none of your time building up your spirit, eventually your body dies. Yep. Back yeah. to life. It's going to die. Yep. Your spirit, your body is going your to Your body out. is not eternal. It's going to die. It's going to turn back to dirt. The only thing left is going to be your spirit. Yep. So if you spend no time building up your spirit, then you're going to be weak. Yep. And, and if you spent, and if you didn't even acknowledge Jesus as your Savior, you're going to be in hell. That's not and that's place not going to be, and, but it's, and it's not like it's for 90 years. It's mm -hmm. forever. Eternity. It's, it's There's never no going to stop. Yep. No end. So when, they, when, when, when we say that, that your, life, your physical life is just a blink of an eye, we don't really understand that, but that's, what it, that's the reality of the fact. That's right. It, your physical life is only for a short time. That's right. In that time, you can build up your flesh or you can build up your spirit or you can build up both. It's okay. Yep. It's all right to be strong. That's right. In fact, if you'll, if you'll work on your spirit, your body will be strong. Or you can build up neither. And in the end, you're going to be in a, you're going to, in the end, you're not going to be in a good place. That's right. So let's read on. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Notice what this says. It says, for, the, for what the law could not do in that it, is, it was weak through the flesh. If, if this time of year, New Year's resolutions, everybody slays down the new, this is the new law. For themselves. The new law for myself is I'm going to eat healthy. The new law for myself is I'm going to read the word every day. The new weight. law for myself is I'm going to go to the gym. The new law is I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to start doing this. But how much you know, the, the flesh is weak. And the flesh is only going to follow that law for a season. Anybody can follow a law for a season. But at some point, Pressure is going to come, and when pressure comes, the flesh is going to be weak, and the flesh is going to give in. You know, you can go to the gym faithfully every, you know, four times a week and be super faithful for it for about three to four months, and then all of a sudden you have one, you get like a little summer cold, or you go on vacation. Or your work schedule's real busy and you don't get to go that week. How much do you know it's really hard to get back into the gym those four days a week? Really, really hard. And it's like, okay, well, I can't quite do four, so I'll do three. And before you know it, three's the new norm. And then pressure comes. And then two's the new norm. And then it's like, well, two days a week, what's that going to do? Well, forget it. I'm Might gone. Might as well not even go. Wasted my money. Going to the gym. Why? Because the flesh is weak. But Jesus said to change. So how is it that the flesh is weak and Jesus said to change? How are we going to change? Keep reading. We have to do it through the Spirit. Keep reading. So verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See? Going after the Spirit. How are you going to get your, how are you going to deal with weak flesh? By walking in the Spirit. That's how we're going so to you're, do it. You're never I'm get drilling your this point flesh, home. You're never going to get your flesh to follow the law unless you build up your spirit. That's right. The Spirit is what makes the flesh do things. That's right. That's right. But you have to train your flesh 
to follow the Spirit. Let's keep reading. All right, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and now, peace. Here's, here, believe it or not, this is a big key. This is a big key right here. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. Death. In other words, if you use your own mental brain, it will bring death to you. Because your mental brain will get in agreement with the lies of Satan, and it will convince you, oh, just eat that chocolate cake. No, don't eat just a piece. Eat the whole thing. It'll make you feel better. Death. How much you know that's going to put you in a sugar coma? <laughs> you eat the whole thing. No, don't be. He said, so how do you deal with the carnal mind? But be spiritually minded is life and peace. How are you going to have an abundant life and how are you going to have peace? How do you obtain peace? Being spirit minded. Being spirit minded. Oh my goodness, hold your spot right here. How do you get spirit? What, what does it mean to be spirit minded? I bet Brianna cannot tell me what scripture I'm going to. Come on. Yes, you're right. Can you not tell me? What? That's okay if you're wrong. No, no, no. Tell me. Come on. You know it. I know you know it. You're not going to be wrong, I assure you. Come on. What scripture am I going to? Come on. Who knows? Second Corinthians what? Come on. Where's it at? Oh, see, we're not, see, we don't know how to be spiritually minded. Here, now, here's the good news. You can fail the test today, but God will let you retake it tomorrow. Because you know the answer. Yes. You know the answer. What's Say the answer? Say it a little louder. 10. 2 Corinthians 10. What verse? No. I think five, she's got it. See, she does know the answer. She knows how to be spiritually minded, but she's afraid she's going to be wrong. Here's how you're spiritually minded. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, what does it say? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Thought enters the mind. You're a failure. Nope, that disagrees with Christ. Christ says I'm an overcomer. The thought enters your mind. You can't help but make mistakes. Uh, excuse me, Christ said that, that, I'm in, that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Oh, uh, you, you, you fouled up. You messed it up. Oh, Christ says that I can repent and be washed clean. Spiritually minded. Spiritually minded. I love how Brother Randy says it. Here, I know you're writing, but give me this. Give me this. I do not live by this thing inside this, this cranium of mine, this head of mine. No, this right here is my brain. What does the Bible say? When a thought enters, what does the Bible say? That needs to be your motive. When somebody says, well, what do you think on this? Well, let me see. What does the Bible say? Well, what do you think about abortion? What does the Bible say? What do you think about um, <coughs> LGBTQXYZ? Well, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about homosexuality in the New Testament. Oh, baby, you better look up some words. Because every time it says uncleanness, 
lasciviousness, fornication. In fact, that word lasciviousness and uncleanness means every manner of sexual perversion. It talks about female, it talks about prostitution, both female and male prostitution. It talks about homosexuality. It talks about bisexualism. It talks about <clears throat> bestiality. It talks about every single type. Unnatural affection. Buddy, you better look up some definitions. When Jesus talked about iniquity, it means every time you did something against God that God doesn't like, including those things. You better look up some words. Because I got news for you. When you stand before the Father and you say, Well, Jesus, you didn't direct you didn't acknowledge that directly, he'll say, Uh, yeah, I did. I said it right here. I didn't know that's what that word meant. Do you not own dictionaries on the planet Earth? I'm pretty sure you do, because I gifted people to make them. Then what you going to say? What, what you going to say then? Now, I, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. I'm trying to walk in love. I'm trying to help everybody. I'm trying to help you get out of the flesh and into the spirit. Why? Because I, because I want you to learn to cast down these vain imaginations. Listen, Pastor Mike said you got to teach your children. You want to know why little boys put on mommy's shoes and put on mommy's makeup? Because they're curious. Let me, just, let me just tell you. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because mommy's the one at home raising the little boy, and that's what the little boy sees. When daddy comes home, she needs to say, now, watch how daddy gets dressed. These are daddy's shoes. These are daddy's pants. Here, honey, you don't need to put on my dress. You need to put on daddy's coat jacket. You're a little boy. You're not a little girl. Why? Because they don't know. They don't know. Little, ba little boys don't know that little girls have different equipment because they ain't ever seen it. And they shouldn't be seeing it. And little girls don't know that little boys have different equipment. You have to teach them. You have to train them. You have, this is why it says casting down imaginations. When a little boy or a little girl imagines, oh, I think I might, a little boy imagines, I think I might be a little girl. No, you have to cast that imagination down for them. Well, guess what? As you grow up and as an adult, you have to grow, you have to learn to cast down your own imaginations, your own stupid stinking thinking. Yep. When, the, de when the devil says, well, you better not say anything because you might be wrong. You go, well, I follow after the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit brings all things to my remembrance. And if I am wrong, if guess I am what? wrong, There's I have mercy and forgiveness. Listen, you're never, you're never going to overcome the fear of being wrong until you just throw yourself out there and risk it. I used to have the fear of being wrong, so I either wouldn't say or anything, or I'd say something, and if it was wrong, honey, I'd argue it till I convinced you I was right. Yep. I would. Yep, she had me thinking I was wrong even when I was right. That's right. <laughs> because I was fearful of being wrong. Well, guess what? The Lord said, just own it. In fact, help me get over it because he got all over me one day. He said, you won't ever apologize and you never admit when you're wrong. And so I said, so I went to the Lord. I asked the Lord, Lord, is that true? He said, yep, it's true. 
I said, okay, Lord, how do I fix it? How much, you know, when you have a problem in your life, don't ignore it and don't beat yourself up over it. Just ask the Lord, how do I fix it? So I asked the Lord, how do I fix it? He said, apologize for everything. I said, but Lord, I'm not wrong that much. He said, no. He said, most of the time you're right. He said, but you need to train your flesh, so just go ahead and apologize for everything. And I did for two years. I apologized for stuff that was not even my own fault. And my own mom would scratch her head and go, you weren't wrong. I said, leave me alone. Jesus told me to apologize. What was I doing? I was putting my flesh under. I was putting vain imaginations under the power and authority of Christ. Why? Because we're not perfect. We're growing to maturity, but we're not perfect. It says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, here you go. Here's some knowledge of God. Every one of these is based off of Scripture. You don't need any more than these. This is enough to put down every lie. Well, nobody wants you. Well, right here it says that I'm chosen. This right, right here it says I'm predestined for adoption. So obviously somebody wants me. Yep. Well, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, this right here says I can do all things through Christ. Amen. Well, um, you might as well just kill yourself. Now, wait a minute. This right here says that I'm dead, but I've been quickened to life, so why would I kill myself again? I've already died. I've already died. Why do I need to do it again? Jesus just caused me to pop right back up again. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, you're just bad. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says I'm very good. I'm a greater. I'm more than a conqueror. Well, you just can't. Well, you're not going to be. You're not going to be able to do the things that God's called you to do. Well, this says that I'm more than a conqueror. So obviously, I can conquer the things that God's called me to do. Do I know how? No. Do I think that it's going to be in my might, power, and ability? Uh, no. I'm going to be like Peter walking on the water, and if I take my eyes off of Jesus, I'm going to begin to sink. But as soon as I put my eyes back on Jesus, guess what? I'm going to start walking again. Woo! Walking on the water. Yep. You, you call yourself a disciple? You're never going to be like God. Wait a second. It says right here, I am... The image of God. That's I'm made in his, his image. image. He made me to be like him. So how can I not end up like him? Listen, if you have to carry your bulletin around with you to debunk the lies of Satan, just do it. But you better talk to him. It says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. <clears throat> and bring it into, bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Every thought that pops in your head, ask, does that agree with the Bible? Listen. Listen. Other than Mom and Michael, there's not a single person in this room that knew me before Christ. Well, Kathy knew me when I came into the church, and I was a hot mess. Hot, hot mess. <laughs> so was she. <laughs> she, and I, she and I will tell you, that we do not look anything like we once looked like. Amen. Praise Why? The Lord. Because we took the word of God and we said, does this agree with the Father? Does this agree? Does this agree? Does this agree? If it doesn't agree, then you, ca then you, then you bring it into agreement. Listen, you're going to have, the way you're going to overcome this thing, the, how you're going, what, what are we doing? I'm teaching you how to become spirit-minded. Spirit-minded. How do you become spirit-minded? Everything in your mind, you ask, 
does that agree with God? Every thought. When you stand before the mirror, I'm going to put you on the spot. When you stand before the mirror and you say the things that you say, which are not right, when that word pops out of your mouth, you should immediately say, there should be a prompting in your spirit that immediately causes you to go, wait, does that agree with the Bible? Does that agree with Bible? I look like God. I'm perfectly and wonderfully made. I'm, 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 I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the apple of God's eye. That one's not even on there. It's in the scriptures, though. Why? Because you've got to see yourself the way God sees you. You've got to get your mind to think the way God thinks. Here's the deal. When, when, when the curse entered the world, it corrupted your mind. The curse has corrupted your mind. And so you have to wash your mind with the word. You have to wash. And that's what, the, and that's what he's telling us to do here is wash our thinking with the word. And when we become spiritually minded, we will have life and peace. I had no peace. I was an emotional roller coaster that kept the household in an emotional roller coaster because I had no peace because my mind was carnal. My mind was fleshy. My mind was on the things that Satan said. I had to actively take every thought and make it line up. Now, here's the deal. I can't make Derek's mind line up for him. Nope. I can't make Richard's mind line up for him. I can't, as hard as I try, I cannot make Michael's mind line up with God. (laughs) I can't do it. You have to do it for yourself. Amen. But I can't do it. I'm going to give you the answer. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I am crucified. I'm dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I died to sin. What do you What do you mean you died to sin? You're a sinner. You, you're always going to sin. No, I'm dead to sin. And then I was quickened to life and saved by grace. He said this. <laughs> he said, and let's look at verse 7. He says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Your carnal mind. Here's why you have. Listen to me. I'm telling you why you have to get a spirit mind. Because if you have a carnal, fleshy, worldly mind, it's hatred towards God. Your physical mind hates God. It's part of the corrupted mind. Yeah, back to Romans 8. Romans 8. I'm sorry. We're in Romans 8. (laughs) Do you hear me? Your carnal mind, even though you've been set free, Hear me out. Even though you've been set free from the thoughts of Satan attacking, being in there, your mind is still hatred towards God because your mind is still influenced by the enemy. So you have to purposely put your focus on the God and put your focus on spirit, and you personally have to say, does this thought agree with God? Does this thought agree with God? I've told you all, I've dealt with people that have had demons. And then the devil comes against me so, I get so severely that I'm like, I don't like that. We're not do that anymore. Thank you, Jesus. I've had my, I've had my people. I'm done. You know, we're on the two and done plan. We're good. 
took my turn. I'm done. I don't like that. And so I, and I, it was so bad that I went to Brother Randy because he's dealt with it a lot. And, and he immediately said, he said, James is the answer. What does James say? Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He said, every person, because this is the lie that the devil likes to tell me, you didn't help them, you hurt them. Because if they let their guard down, it's going to come back seven times worse. You set them up for destruction. That's the lie that the devil tells me. And I, and I was just bombarded with it. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And uh, he, he, said, he said, James has your answer. And then he said this. He said, every person is responsible for keeping the devil out of their own life. Yep. Woo! I am not responsible for the devil attacking you. You have to stand up. You have to fight for yourself. You have to cast down the thoughts. You have to be, you have to go with God, be submitted to God, and resist the devil. And I guarantee you, he will flee. But pastor, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just not strong enough. Well, thank God for verse 26. Romans 8. Romans 8, 26. Thank God for Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I love this. He says, likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. That word infirmities actually means our weaknesses, our weaknesses. So when we are weak in dealing with our flesh, guess what? Guess what? When we're struggling to bring thoughts into captivity, when we're struggling to put thoughts down, when we're struggling with fear, when we're, when we're struggling to be spirit-minded, the Holy Spirit will help us. The Amplified Classic reads this verse this way. He says, so too or so also the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray to, uh, or what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it um, worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings uh, too deep for utterance. In other words, when we're struggling, if we'll spend time praying in the Spirit, the Holy, when we, when we will allow the real us, the true us, to begin to talk to the Father about our difficulties, the Holy Spirit will come in and he'll lock arms with our spirit. The Holy Spirit will lock arms with our, with our spirit, our, the eternal us. He'll lock arms with us and he'll go with us before the Father and he'll help us to pray out legally, proper, properly and legally what needs to be prayed so that the Father can bring us the strength and the aid that we need to overcome. That's what it means. That's what it means. See, the Father, <clears throat> the Father works very much so. Many people don't understand this. Our judicial system is set up on the blueprint of heaven. And, 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 and Father God is the judge. 
And so when, when, when a case goes before the judge, the reason that we have to have lawyers is because lawyers know the law inside and out, and they know what laws and what precedences apply to your case so that you can get a verdict in your favor. Well, the Holy Spirit, being God, knows the law perfectly. And he can look at your, he can connect, the Holy Spirit, he connects to your spirit, and he examines your heart, and he go, and he identifies, he examines the case. Basically, he investigates the case, and he goes, oh, here's the weakness, here's the problem, here's the situation, here's where it is. And then he takes, the, he takes his investigation, and he goes before the judge, the Father God, and he says, Father God, Here's what my investigation shows. The investigation shows that they desire and they want to do it right. And they want to overcome this problem. And that they believe that they're, and, and, they, and they know that it's their right to be the overcomer. But because of this spot right here, they can't seem to, they can't seem to get through the door. Father, this is what they need to get through the door. Can you get that for them? And he'll give it to the Father God in perfect legal language that the Father goes, approved. And instantly the angels go into action and they bring you what you need to overcome your dilemma. Now, let me explain this to you, how this worked for me. When I came into Christ, I had so much fear, so much guilt, so much shame, so much darkness. I had lived in the world for 12 years and, and had allowed my flesh to go as far as my, as, just, just give you an idea of how stupid my thinking was. I went into the tattoo parlor and said, I want a tattoo that won't offend God. So no devils, no skulls, no death. Um, how much you know? Sorry, read your Bibles. Tattoos offend God because you have to pour out your, blo your blood to satisfy the flesh. That's offensive to God. I'm saying it as nicely as I can. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your help. Amen. It just landed for a few. It just landed for a few. My, my thinking was so twisted that I thought that, that even though I was drinking, cussing, perverse in many areas of life, that I was still okay with God. And the idea that I could go to the, to go to the Father and begin to take control of myself, I was so twisted that I truly believed that nobody loved me. Married, nobody loves me. Family that's there all the time tells me all the time I love me, that they love me, but I just didn't believe it. So perverse in my thinking that to bring down these thoughts, I couldn't do it. I just lacked the power and the ability to overcome. I lacked that power. I lacked that ability. But do you know what the Holy Ghost is? It's the power of God. And the ability. He's the ability of God. So I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and even though I had been told that speaking in tongues was of the devil and all kinds of goofy things, and I studied it for six months to make sure that it was God, when I finally said, okay, this is God and I want it, 
I wanted it all in the moment. And I wanted my full language and I wanted it now. That I got, that I, that I sat down with God and I said, God, I see that it's you. I see that it's you. I see that it's you. I want it. I want it right here. I want it right now. <clears throat> Brianna, your answer is right here, right now. You better listen to this. This is why the flesh is wanting to leave. It's because your answer is right here. The only way to overcome, I'm telling you, is to pray much in the Holy Ghost. I got tongues. My family will testify. I watched TV. I prayed in tongues. I drove. I prayed in tongues. I did the dishes. I prayed in tongues. I, everything I did, I mowed the grass, I prayed in tongues. I walked the dogs, I prayed in tongues. I, everywhere I went, I worked, on, worked an eight-hour job. Unless I was talking to people, I was praying in tongues. Why? Because I needed the help to overcome. Am I being truthful? I prayed in tongues. I prayed in tongues to the point that it was probably annoying to my family. Why? Because I had such weakness in my life such weakness in my life that I could not overcome. You, you want to overcome the weaknesses in your life? You've got to pray in the Spirit. You've got to give God something to work with. I can't get my flesh to be controlled. Guess what? Praying in tongues gives you the ability to control your flesh. Why? Because when you pray, because I'm going to tell you right now, your tongue, your physical mouth does not want to speak tongues. Because when your physical mouth is speaking tongues, your physical mouth cannot be speaking the lies of the devil. When you are speaking in tongues, your spirit is in control. And your body, because here's the deal, you cannot speak in tongues without being yielded to the spirit. Can't do it. Many people, many people that have, oh, I've had hands laid on me a bunch of times and I just, God just won't give it to me. No, honey, it's already in you. You got it the first time it was prayed for. The reason that you can't pray is because you won't yield. You won't yield. You won't lay it down. I'm telling you right now, if you are struggling in any area of life, I don't care what area you're struggling in, well, the blessings haven't come. You haven't prayed enough in the Spirit. Well, I can't, I just can't seem to get, I just can't seem to get ahead in the finances. It's because you're not praying in tongues. Well, I just can't get this weight off. You're not praying in tongues. Well, I just can't get this taken care of. You're not praying in tongues. Can't stop smoking. Well, I bet if you were praying in tongues, I bet it'd be hard to pray in tongues and praying smoke tongues, at the same time. time. And I guarantee you, if you can do it, uh, guess what? Eventually your, your tongue's going to go, spit that thing out. Guarantee it. It what, smells terrible. What, whatever you're struggling with, if it's addiction of some sort, if it's if it's if it's lying, if it's whatever it is, if you're struggling with it, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. I want to read this out of another. Answer. Let me let me get this other translation. This other translation was really good. Hold on, let me get it. This is the literal translation. Oh come on. See, when you pray in tongues, the spirit comes, and and and. It comes into you and, and it is with you. And it, it can speak to you because you're speaking to it. This is when God can speak to you. And, and it, it may not be just words. It may just be a, a, the answer that you need or the comfort or, or, or whatever it is that you need. It, you're going to get it. it, it 
you're going to get it because you're you're yielding to him and you're paying attention to him and therefore he can pay attention to you. He can get through because our mind stands in the way between our flesh and our spirit. And our mind our mind blocks the the reason why we can't hear from God, you know, like he's talking to us right now is because our mind's in the way. Our adult mind gets in the way and I, and we have to lay that down. Is part of our flesh, and we have to listen with the Spirit. Listen to this out of the literal translation. And likewise, the Spirit also joins in to help our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. The way that you are going to bring permanent change to your life is to pray much in the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will search your heart and He knows what changes you need in your life. And He will begin to join with your spirit and join with your heart and begin to move things and shift things. There were times that I would be praying in the Spirit. Just praying away in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, I would start to cry. And I would start to just speak in English and say things that I had no idea I was hurting over. Father, my heart just aches and hurts. I'm so tired of this. And I'm so, what was he doing? He was pulling things out of my heart and helping me to see where the problems were. He was pulling them out. But if we won't work with God, God can't work with us. Now, we've got communion set up. And, and we're going to do communion. And we know this about communion. We know that taking communion is taking a stop, taking time out, and taking, when we take the blood, the cup, when we take the juice, uh, the freshly squeezed juice, which is the blood of the fruit, it's us in putting ourselves in remembrance of everything that Jesus has done for us. And it's us fellowshipping with the Father. And it's a wonderful thing to do. And, and as we do it, we take the time to judge and say, Father, am I missing it anywhere? Father, are there, are there, is there places that I have unrepented sin? Are there things that I need to fix and things that I need to get right? You know, Father, if there's anything, bring it to my remembrance. That's the time that we do that. But so often we fail to say, we fail to realize, and I'm guilty of this, we fail to realize that we, that we often fail to commune with the Father in the most intimate of ways, which is to spend time speaking to him in our heavenly language. It's the most intimate communication you can have with the Father because nobody can intercede, nobody can get into that conversation. The devils don't know what you're saying. The angels don't know what you're saying. Unless the Father reveals it to you, you don't know what you're saying. But the Holy Spirit is examining your heart. The Holy Spirit is gathering himself together with you. And he's saying, I see the real you. And I'm taking the real you and the desires of your heart before the Father. And I'm working to bring all of your desires to pass. 
And the only effort on our part is to yield to the Father and say, Father, here's my heart. And just allow, that's the most intimate communion we can have with the Father. And the most amazing thing is, is we can do it when we're driving our car. We can do it when we're picking the kids up from school. We can do it on the job. We can do it between patients. We can do it working the line. We can do it when we're out in the garden. We can do it doing the dishes. We can even do it while we're watching TV. Now, I warn you, you probably ain't going to pay a whole lot of attention to your show, so you might want to watch something like, oh, I don't know, golf. <laughs> you know, but you, can, but you can do it that way. And you can just get so caught up in the spirit. And, oh, it's such a good thing to do, and it'll bring change. It'll break addictions. It'll break bondages. It'll break yokes. It'll change your inability into ability. Glory to God. Amen. That's what this communion is about. That's how we change it. So as we get ready to take communion, you want to help me? Mm -hmm. Pastor Mike and I will serve you guys today. Because it's an honor to get to serve. It's an honor to serve. You know, this is what ministry is, is ministry is serving. If you're not ready to take communion, that's okay. You don't have to. There's no pressure on anybody. But if you want to, we're going to give you the opportunity to. Watch out. Some of the cups are a little full. I filled them. <laughs> Michael has the heart of Christ. Just do everything to the overflow, right? Just do it to the overflow. Especially the ones in the center. I was getting used to the bottle. <laughs> Here, seems like you said the ones in the center. Let me switch it this way a little bit. <laughs> Mr. Richard, would you like, and I'll pass this this way to them. You're good. I'm coming to y'all. I promise I won't leave you undone. Like I left, Don't worry, Sound Booth, I'll get you too. I know I missed y'all last time. <laughs> last time we served. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pastor Mike will be up here in just a minute. Yes. And don't forget, you can always do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna spill. Don't trip on our pretty blue carpet. Right. <laughs> and you can always do communion at home. You can always do communion. You just a little bit of drink a little bit of bread and first corinthians chapter 11 will walk you right through it see because communion is simply remembering what christ did for us yeah that he, he he gave his body and he gave his blood so that we wouldn't have to be separated from god so that no matter what mistakes we've made in our lives no matter what we've done in our lives we wouldn't have to be separated from god that's right in verse 28 it says let a man examine himself Verse 31 says, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. This is 1 Corinthians 11. In other words, when we take this communion, let us take the moment to take stock in ourselves and judge ourselves and, 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 and say, Father, is there any unrepented sin? 
Father, are we are there things that we've done that we know we shouldn't have done? Are there things that we should be doing that we're not doing? Father, are there things that we've been letting go to the to the to the side? And because Father, I don't I know what Jesus did for me, and I don't want to take it for granted. And so we're going to just take a moment, and you can judge yourself as we read these scriptures. We'll read verse 24 and 25. And it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So, Father, as we prepare, Lord Jesus, as we prepare to take of the bread of life, Father, we break it as you were broken for us, and we do that in remembrance of you. Lord Jesus, we recognize and know that you broke, that you allowed your body to be broken so that we may be made whole and we may be healed. You allowed all sickness to be laid upon you so that we did not have to carry sickness. And Father, we just thank you. As we take this bread, we remember you. You can take the bread. Thank you, Lord. And then in verse 25, it says, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Oh, yes, Father. He's wanting us to remember the, the gift yes. that he gave. That yes. he gave everything for us, yes. so that we could that we wouldn't be separated. Yes. And he, and he's wanting us Thank to you, keep Lord. that in mind as we go through our daily lives, so that that so that we we wouldn't take that for granted. It's Thank such you. a great gift. It's such an impossible gift. It's something that that that. Mm, but it's a complete gift. It's complete and Thank is you. done, and it's it was done for us, and that. That we, that we need yes. to keep our eyes on him. Yes. Father, as we take of your cup, we remember the completeness of the work that our Lord Jesus did, and we're so thankful. You can take of the cup when you're ready. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That his blood would wash our, uh, wash yes. ourselves, wash our sins away, as yes. though they never happened. Yes. And that we would be made white as snow. Yes. Thank and that we would Father. have perfect, righteous raiment when we go before the Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we go into 2023, as we make this adjustment to spend more time praying in the Spirit and being spiritual mind, spirit-minded, I just have it in my spirit that it's, you know, we say this a lot, but, I mean, it's just in my spirit that this is going to be our best year yet. We are going to see the blessings of God. We are going to see divine healings. We are going to see godly prosperity. We are going to see the house being filled. We are going to see the, the glory begin to flow and move. As we do our part and we get in place with God, God will begin to do his part as he has promised. It's not that we're waiting on him. He's, He's waiting, waiting on, on us. And we've just got to, and I mean, it's just heavy on my heart that we've got to get in that place where we put him first. We have to. This world is, is waiting 
And why do we put him first? Because he already put us first. Amen. Glory to God. Let's do our tithes and our offerings. And Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. And Father, as we sow our tithes and our offerings, Father, we thank you for the goodness of your word. We thank you that as we enter into this new air, this new year, Father God, that we'll see the benefits, we'll see the manifestations, we'll see the glory, we'll see you moving in this hour because, Father, we're going to take our place and we're going to move in a brand new way. And, Father, we thank you that you're faithful to meet us. And, Father, we thank you that as we move and as we grow, you're going to take us into the deep waters of the Spirit. And, Father, as we sow this seed, Father, I just ask that you cause an abundant increase to come to the people exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that they could ask or think. Father, just bless their socks off. For your word says that if we will be obedient in the ordinances of God, if we'll be obedient in tithes and offerings, Father God, that you'll open up the windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing that we'll be unable to contain it all. Well, Father, we've seen mighty blessings, but I, I have yet to see it to where we can't even store it. I've seen, we've come close, but Father, we've not made it there just yet. And Father, we thank you that in 2023, that we'll begin to see that extreme excess. And Father, we thank you. Satan, you take your hands off of the people, off of their body, and off of every type of finance in their off life. Their Release and let go the sevenfold that you have stolen from the sevenfold return that you have stolen from them. We command that find those finances and those things to come in right now in Jesus' mighty name. Now, angels, according to the word, go. Ministering angels, go. Cause the finances, cause the increase, cause the windows of heaven flood, being opened flood to come into the lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Father, I thank you for that divine increase that we've been believing for. Father, I thank you that it's come in full manifestation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory to God. Amen and amen.